ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so continuing with the tafsir of Juz Amma, we have arrived at the surah Ida Ja'a Nasrullahi Wal Fatih. This particular chapter then, Surah Al Nasr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ida Ja'a Nasrullahi Wal Fatih. When there comes the help of Allah to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, against your enemies and the conquest of Mecca. And you see that the people are entering Allah's religion in crowds فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفره إنه كان توابا So glorify the praises of your Lord and ask his forgiveness verily he is the one who accepts the repentance and who forgives so once again at the beginning of this chapter, when Allah says, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ الْخِطَابِ لِلنَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Once again, it is the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم who is being addressed. Allah is addressing the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم and saying, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ That when the victory or the help of Allah comes to you against your enemies, O Muhammad, and the conquering of Mecca, نَصْرُ اللَّهِ النَّصْرِ هُوَ تَسْلِيطُ اللَّهِ الْإِنسَانَ عَلَى عَدُوِّهِ بِحَيْثِ يَتَمَكَّنُ مِنْهُ the aid and the help of Allah, which is being mentioned here, When the help and aid of Allah comes, what is the help and the aid of Allah? It is in this context that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps and aids the believers in conquering and overcoming their enemies. That Allah aids the believers in overcoming their enemies from the mushrikun. And having this aid and success and victory then, then that is 
from the greatest of happiness that a servant experiences in his actions but that is only if your victory over your opponents was in truth and of course the victory of the believers of the Muslims of the Prophet وسلم, against the Mushrikun and that was a victory of truth the raising and elevation of Tawheed and the banishing and the quashing of that shirk that they were upon the Mushrikun so this is from the greatest of the happiness that a Muslim experiences that Allah gives him that aid and victory over the enemies and gives that aid and victory to the believers in elevation of Kalimat al-Tawheed and in uh, lowering the uh, Mushrikun and their shirk and then Sheikh Al-Fawzan he mentions وَقَدْ ثَبَتَ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّهُ قَالْ نُصِرْتُ بِالرُّعْبِ مَسِيرَةَ شَهْرِ أي أن عدوه مرعوب منه إذا كان بينه وبينه مسافة شهر It's mentioned in a hadith that the Prophet sallallahu said I have been aided from Allah بِالرُّعِبْ مَسِيرَةَ شَهْرِ that when the messenger was approaching the enemies even when he was a traveling distance of a month away yet in the olden days it took weeks and weeks to travel to different areas and countries even when he was a month traveling distance away approaching the fear would already strike into the hearts of the enemies that's what the narration mentions up to a month of traveling distance away yet and the enemies would already start to experience the fear in their hearts that the messenger is approaching uh, and so this fear that would befall the hearts of the mushrikun then that is the the greatest thing that demoralizes a person they were then left demoralized weakened and in fear from the coming of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so then when allah says idha jaa nasrullah when the aid of Allah comes, meaning the aid of Allah for you upon your enemy. And then also, when the conquering comes, it is added on to that aid and victory. This victory, this conquering, 
that is being mentioned, what is this conquering that is meant? When the conquering or the conquest it comes, the conquest of where, of what? Of Mecca, fil wa al alif lam al fil lil ahad al-dhihni. So when we say here wal fath, the alif and lam here they say it is lil ahad al-dhihni, meaning that you know straight away in your minds the intent behind that conquest which conquest is it you know straight away it is about the main conquest which was the conquest of Mecca they call this Alif Al-Lam Lilahad Al-Dhihni that in your mind you already know that you know the event you know what is intended you have that in your mind already it is like the default in your mind when they say Al-Fatih, then you know it is Fatih Makkah. It's a bit like books when they say Al-Fatih. There are many books they are called Al-Fatih. Fatih such and such, Fatih such and such. Many books have the name. But when you say Al-Fatih, then by default your mind it thinks about Fatih Al-Bari. And when they say, for example, Musnad, many books, Masanid. But when you say, I read this hadith in the Musnad, Qara'tu hadha fil Musnad, Al-Musnad is Al-Imam Ahmad, you know in your mind. So this is what they mean, Al-Ahad Al-Dhihni, that when you say, Iza jaa Nasrullahi wal-Fatih, you know the Fatih is the Fatih Makkah. Ay Al-Fatih, Al-Ma'hud, Al-Ma'roof, fi adhanikum. Meaning the conquest that is known in your minds, you know exactly which one it refers to, the conquest of Mecca. وَهُوَ فَتْحُ وَكَانَ فَتْحُ And when was the conquering of Mecca? In Ramadan, in which year? In the eighth year of Hijrah. وَكَانَ فَتْحُ فِي رَمَضَانِ فِي السَّنَةِ الثَّامِنَةِ لِلْهِجْرَةِ and the conquest of Mecca, it occurred in Ramadan, in the eighth year of Hijrah. Meaning, the Muslims, the Prophet wasallam, and all the believers, they made Hijrah from Mecca to Medina. Eight years later, eight Hijri, they then came back and conquered Mecca. That is the eighth year of Hijrah. And there are other hadith about this as well. When we did Kitab al-Siyam from Bulugh al-Maram, you remember that hadith about fasting and as-safar, traveling. In this conquest of Mecca, it was in the month of Ramadan. So when they left Medina, and they started heading out towards Mecca. That morning, were they fasting or not? They were fasting, Ramadan. So they were fasting and they left Medina to go to Mecca. And they were fasting. And imagine in those days, Medina to Mecca, the desert, the heat, 40, 50 degrees, who knows? And they were fasting, heading out to Mecca to the conquering of Mecca. But when they got to a place known as Qura' al-Ghamim, 
Then some people they came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and they said, "Qad nas." That the fasting has become very difficult upon some people. And they are waiting to see what you are going to do, what you did. So then in the narration it mentions that the Prophet ﷺ told them to bring him some water, like in a vessel of water, and in some narrations maybe milk, and then he drank it in front of all of them to show them that because they are traveling, they don't have to. Fast. That narration was talking about this event. It was when they had left Medina to go to Mecca in the month of Ramadan to the conquest of Mecca. فَكَانَ فَتْحُ مَكَّةِ فِي رَمَضَانِ مِنَ السَّنَةِ الثَّامِنَةِ لِلْهِجْرَةِ وَسَبَبُهُ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لَمَّا صَالَحَ قُرَيْشْ فِي الْحُدَيْبِيَّةِ فِي السَّنَةِ السَّادِسَةِ السُلْحْ المشهور نقضت قريش الأحد فغزاهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وخرج إليهم من المدينة بنحو عشرة آلاف مقاتل خرج مختفيا وقال اللهم عمي أخبارنا عنهم فلما فلم يفاجئهم إلا وهو محيط بهم ودخل مكة في العشرين من رمضان من السنة الثامنة للهجرة so it's mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ had made the uh, covenant in Hudaybiyah, the agreement that had been made in Hudaybiyah in the year 6 Hijrah. And this is mentioned in the Seerah, that agreement which they had made in the year 6 Hijri. But then Quraysh had broken that agreement and so the Prophet ﷺ went to fight against them. And he went with approximately 10,000 fighters with him. And he went concealed, making dua to Allah, allow us to be concealed from them. Meaning don't let them know that we are coming. Allow us to approach them in a manner that they don't realize we're coming. And that's exactly what happened that they did not realize, the mushrikun did not realize up until the Muslims had practically surrounded them already. And then the Prophet ﷺ entered Mecca on the 20th of Ramadan. And that's when the conquest of Mecca then occurred and the conquering of Mecca occurred. حَتَّى إِنَّهُ فِي النِّهَايَةِ When the conquest happened, then at the end, اجتمع إليه كفار قريش حول الكعبة فوقف على الباب وقريش تحته ينتظرون ما يفعل. So then at the end, when the conquering of Mecca had occurred and the Muslims were now in charge of Mecca, they had taken it over. Then the Quraysh, the kuffar, they all gathered at the Kaaba around the Kaaba, And the Prophet ﷺ was stood at the door of the Kaaba, And the Quraysh all below him around the Kaaba. The door of the Kaaba is slightly elevated. The messenger was stood at the door of the Kaaba, 
and the Quraysh, the Kuffar all around the Kaaba waiting to see what the messenger was going to do to them. They were like prisoners of war now. They had been conquered by the Muslims. So now they were waiting to see what are the Muslims going to do to us. Now that they have got the victory, they've taken Mecca, they have the power, what are they going to do to us now? So they were there waiting to see what the messenger is going to do to them. And it's mentioned how the Prophet ﷺ took the, the sides of the door, that he was at the door of the Kaaba and he put his hands at the sides of the door. And he said, Ya ma'ashara Quraysh, ma tadhunnuna anni fa'ilun bikum. He said, Oh Quraysh, what do you think I am going to do to you? What do you think I am going to do to you? وَهُوَ الَّذِي كَانَ قَبْلَ ثَمَانِ سَنَوَاتِ هَارِبًا مِنْهُ مَصَارُ الْآنَ فِي قَبْضَاتِهِ وَتَحْتَ تَصَرُّفِهِ And as Shaykh Al-Ithaymeen mentions here, eight years ago, the messenger had to flee from them and they wanted to kill him and they wanted to do all of that to him. He had to flee from them eight years ago. But now, eight years later, Allah decreed that they were all under His authority. They were now under His rule. He was the one with authority over them now. بكم, he said, what do you think I am going to do to you? قَالُوا خَيْرًا أَخٌ كَرِيمٌ وَابْنُ أَخٍ كَرِيمٌ They said, goodness. That you will do whatever you do with us, it will be goodness. That you are a noble brother, the son of a noble brother. قَالْ فَإِنِّي أَقُولُ لَكُمْ كَمَا قَالَ يُوسُفُ لِإِخْوَتِهِ He said, I say to you then, just as Yusuf السلام, said to his brothers. And what did he say to his brothers? لَا تَثْرِبَ عَلَيْكُمْ الْيَوْمِ يَغْفِرُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ that there is no uh, blame or blameworthiness. We're not going to hold you accountable upon an affair now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives you. That we're not going to hold you to account upon this now and blame you upon the affairs. It's left. لا تثريب عليكم اذهبوا فأنتم الطلقاء Go, you are all free. فعفى عنهم عليه الصلاة والسلام. So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم pardoned them basically. Let them go. هذا الفتح سماه الله فتح مبينا. And this فتح, this conquest, Allah سبحانه وتعالى named it the فتح مبين in the سورة الفتح. إِنَّا فَتَحْنَا لَكَ فَتْحًا مُبِينًا It was named as the clear, apparent conquest. أي عَظِيمًا وَاضِحًا بَيِّنًا That it was a clear conquest. And when that conquest occurred, the meaning of it being a clear conquest, that the Muslims absolutely took authority and the news spread everywhere. The Muslims have conquered Mecca. The kuffar have fallen. That news became widespread and known. And it was clear 
The Muslims took over all of Makkah. There was no dispute. There was nothing left. The Muslims were completely in authority over Makkah. And that's the meaning of it being the Fath Mubina. Clear and open victory for the Muslims, known to everybody. عرف الناس جميعا أن العاقبة لمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأن دور قريش وأتباعها قد انقضى قد قد انقضى. And so when that occurred, all of the people they recognized and now they realized that in the end victory is for Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. Years before, kuffar were oppressing him and he had to run away from Mecca and flee and do hijrah. But in the end, now everybody realized the ultimate victory. In the end, it is for the believers, it is for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that, anna dawra Quraysh wa atba'iha qadim Allah. That the role of Quraysh and their followers, their role had now come to an end, finished. So when this became known to everybody that the powerful Quraysh in Mecca have been defeated and they have nothing left, no power, no authority, Mecca has fallen from their hands into the hands of the Muslims, all of that spread and they realize now the full authority and power it is in the hands of the Muslims, and there is nothing in the hands of Kuffar of Quraysh anymore. When that spread everywhere, and people heard about the victory of the Muslims, then Allah tells us, And that you see the people enter into the religion afwaja entering into the religion in large groups before when people used to enter into islam it would be in small numbers maybe a few of them they come maybe sometimes one comes and he enters into islam another one comes maybe a few of them come to the messenger and accept islam but here now, when this news spread, the Muslims have conquered Mecca, Quraysh are finished. People began coming to the messenger, not in one or two, but in huge groups. Huge groups of them coming. Jama'at, ba'da an kanu yadkhuluna fihi afrada. Huge groups of them started coming and entering into Islam, whereas prior to that, a few of them here and there used to come every now and again and enter into Islam. But now large groups, afwaja, ay jama'at. وَلَا يَدْخُلُ فِيهِ الْإِنسَانُ فِي بَعْضِ الْأَحْوَالِ إِلَّا مُخْتَفِيًا وَصَارُوا يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجَا And prior to this, sometimes some of the ones who used to enter into Islam used to do it quietly. Maybe back home where they are from and their tribes and other things, they were still worried. Previously, some people still used to come and enter into Islam quietly. Not let many people know, keep it quiet and they used to come and enter. But now, they came and openly in groups, come and enter into Islam. 
ترد على النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام في المدينة في من كل جانب حتى سمي العام التاسع عام الوفود and so it's known that after the conquest of Mecca they began coming in large groups to the messenger big groups of them from tribes here and there all coming to the messenger to Medina now the messenger when he returned back to Medina as well even to Medina then big groups of them coming to him from all different areas around the Arabian Peninsula from all of the various places big groups of them and large sections of their tribes coming and entering into Islam and that's why the ninth year of Hijri it is known as Amul Wufud the year of in simple terms the big groups the year of the big groups the year of the delegations because that year the year after the conquest of Mecca throughout that year huge groups of people used to come from everywhere entering into Islam so it became known as the year of the large groups the year of the delegations the year of all of those big groups coming and entering into Islam uh, so then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says when you see this sign when you see this sign when you see this sign then in that case فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْهُ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا So glorify the praises of your Lord and ask his forgiveness verily he is the one who accepts the repentance and who forgives so allah tells the messenger when you see these signs the signs of the conquest of makkah occurring the sign of all of the large numbers of people coming and entering into Islam when you start seeing those signs occur then do what then glorify the praises of your Lord and ask his forgiveness for verily he is the one who accepts the repentance and forgives here now as Shaykh al-Ithameen he says كان المتوقع أن يكون الجواب فاشكر الله على هذه النعمة واحمد الله عليها that you might expect that praising Allah and thanking Allah would be what is expected in this situation that if Allah has given you victory Allah has given you the conquest Allah has uh, decreed all of these people to enter into Islam. All of those things have happened, then you would anticipate, anticipate and expect that what is required of you then is to be thankful to Allah and be grateful to Allah. But instead what's being said is, praise Allah and seek forgiveness. Praise Allah and seek forgiveness. بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ وَهَذَا 
نعم شيخ give some more examples of other ayat in the Quran where you have a similar type of situation where you expect that thanking Allah and showing gratitude to Allah would be expected but instead in fact it is regarding seeking forgiveness from Allah and one of the reasons the Shaykh mentions فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْهُ عِنْدَ التَّأَمُّلْ تَتَبَيَّنْ الْحِكْمَةِ فَالْمَعْنَى أَنَّهُ إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ فَقَدْ قَرُبَ أَجَلُكْ وَمَا بَقِيَ عَلَيْكَ إِلَّا التَّسْبِيحِ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَالْإِسْتِغْفَارِ That this, as you see mentioned in the tafsir, was a sign upon the death of the Prophet ﷺ getting close. These were signs upon the death of the Messenger coming close. That when you see the conquest of Mecca occurs, and you see the people coming and entering into Islam in large groups, then seek forgiveness from Allah because they are signs that your death is now near. That is the meaning. فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ أَيْ سَبِّحْهُ تَسْبِيحًا مَقْرُونًا بِالْحَمْدِ So glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alongside the praises of Allah. Alongside the praises of Allah. Glorify Allah. And the meaning of glorify Allah that you separate from Allah any form of shortcoming or any form of deficiency and that you recognize that Allah does not have any shortcoming or deficiency whatsoever. That is subhanallah, that Allah is glorified as they say, that He is the perfect and complete and no deficiency, no shortcoming to Him. That's the meaning of glory be to Allah. And then alongside that, وَاسْتَغْفِرْهُ and al-istighfar, seeking forgiveness. Wal-istighfar huwa talab al-maghfirah. Wal-maghfirah, sitru Allah ta'ala ala abdihi dhunubahu ma'a mahwiha wa tajawuzi anha. Maghfirah, forgiveness, it is conceal, that Allah conceals. That Allah conceals the servants of His servant and wipes them out and overlooks them. That is the meaning of maghfirah. The forgiveness from Allah is that Allah, He conceals the sins of a servant and wipes them out and overlooks them. That is maghfirah. So that is what you are seeking when you make istighfar. You are seeking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-maghfirah. That He conceals your sins and wipes them out and overlooks them. وَهَذَا غَايَةُ مَا يُرِيدُ And this is at the top of what a servant wants. That is right at the top of what a servant would desire. That Allah overlooks your sins and pardons you and forgives you and wipes out your sins and conceals them from you or for you. That is at the top of what a servant would desire. 
لأن العبد كثير الذنب يحتاج إلى مغفرة because a servant has much sinning and a servant is in need of the forgiveness from Allah إن لم يتغمده الله برحمته هلك and if Allah سبحانه وتعالى does not encompass a servant with his mercy then that servant will surely be ruined and destroyed ولهذا قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام لن يدخل أحد منكم الجنة بعمله none of you will enter into paradise with your action قالوا ولا أنت يا رسول الله they said not even you O messenger of Allah قال ولا أنا إلا أن يتغمدني الله برحمته he said not even me unless Allah envelops me in his mercy none of you will enter paradise with your action they said not even you O messenger he said not even I unless Allah encompasses me with his mercy لِأَنَّ عَمَلَكَ هَذَا لَوْ أَرَدْتَ أَنْ تَجْعَلَهُ فِي مُقَابَلَةِ نِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ النِّعْمِ نِعْمَ وَاحِدَةٍ لَأَحَاطَتْ بِهِ النِّعْمِ فَكَيْفَ يَكُونُ عِوَضًا تَدْخُلُ بِهِ الْجَنَّةِ Because these actions and deeds that you do they are not going to be they are not going to be able to take you into paradise and that is because a single good deed or these good deeds that you do if you were to put them side by side with the blessings of Allah or a single blessing of Allah all of your good deeds they would not be recompensed for even one blessing of Allah upon you so your good deeds can never be enough to compensate for the amount of blessings Allah has placed upon you if you were to try to compare them and line them up side by side, your good deeds would be nothing compared to the amount of blessings Allah has placed upon you. So it is not your good deeds that is going to be enough to compensate and get you into paradise. Rather, they are the means and then by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah enters the believing servants into paradise. Then at the end, إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا That indeed, he is the oft-forgiving. He is the one who forgives. أَيْلَمْ يَزَلْ عَزَّ وَجَلْ تَوَّابًا عَلَىٰ عِبَادِهِ فَإِذَا اسْتَوْهَرْتَهُ تَابَ عَلَيْكَ هَذَا هُوَ مَعَنَا السُّورَةِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has always, begin, has always been has always been the one who accepts the repentance and the one who forgives. The one who accepts the repentance and the one who forgives. So if you seek forgiveness from Allah, then Allah accepts your repentance. That's the meaning of this surah. لكن السورة لها مغزى عظيم لا يتفطن له إلا الأذكياء this surah, it has very deep meanings to it. And only the intelligent, the smart and the astute 
when they look and they think, they realize those meanings and they understand what is meant in the tafsir here. And what the Shaykh means by that is the hadith regarding this ayah or this surah. وَلِهَذَا لَمَّا سَمِعَ عُمَرِ بْنِ الْخَطَّابِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّ النَّاسِ انْتَقَدُوهُ فِي كَوْنِهِ يُدْنِي عَبْدَ اللَّهِ ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما مع صغر سنه ولا يدني أمثاله وأمثاله من شباب المسلمين عمر بن الخطاب when he used to have his gatherings with the senior companions he would bring Abdullah ibn Abbas into those gatherings and the people would say or they would consider that Umar ibn al-Khattab, why when he has his gatherings with the senior companions, does he allow the youngster at that time? Abdullah ibn Abbas was a youngster at the time compared to the senior companions. Why does he allow Abdullah ibn Abbas in as a youngster, but he doesn't allow any of the other youngsters in? This is what used to happen. Umar ibn al-Khattab had his gatherings with the senior companions, but he would let Abdullah ibn Abbas, who was a youngster at the time, into those gatherings. And so the people were saying, how come? Why not the other youngsters? Why Abdullah ibn Abbas only? So then, وَعُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مِنْ أَعَدَ لِلْخُلَافَةِ But Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ was from the most just of al-khulafa al-rashidin. أراد أن يبين للناس أنه لم يحاب ابن عباس في شيء. He wanted to clarify to everybody though when they started saying this because they were it's as though it's as though it was being said that Umar ibn Khattab is favoring ibn Abbas that he's favoring him letting him in not letting anybody else in. So then Umar ibn Khattab wanted to clarify to the people it's not about favoritism. It is not about favoritism. It is actually for a reason that he allows Abdullah ibn Abbas in and not the other shabab, not the other youngsters. And so he jama'a kibar al-muhajirina wal-ansar fi yawmin min al-iyam. So one day he gathered all of the senior companions from the muhajirun and from the ansar, gathered all of the senior companions. And again he let in Abdullah ibn Abbas, who was not from the senior companions at that time, he was from the younger ones. He let him in as well. So he set up this meeting with all of the senior muhajirun and ansar, and then let Abdullah ibn Abbas in as well. And then he said to everybody in the gathering, مَا تَقُولُونَ فِي هَذِهِ السُّورَةِ What do you all say to the senior companions of the muhajirun and the ansar? What do you all say? What's the tafsir? of إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ This surah. What is the tafsir of this surah? إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ حَتَّى خَتَمَ السُورَةِ فَفَسَّرُوهَا بِحَسَبِ مَا يَظْهَرُ فَقَدْ So the senior companions began giving the tafsir upon what was apparent to them. They began giving the tafsir upon what was apparent to them. فَقَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ أَمَرَنَا أَنْ نَحْمَدَ اللَّهِ وَنَسْتَوْهِرَهُ إِذَا نَصَرْنَا وَفُتْحَ عَلَيْنَا They said Allah has basically told us to praise Him and seek forgiveness when He gives us aid and some conquest. 
whenever we are given victory aid from Allah and at the time of Umar ibn Khattab lots of conquests occurred at the time of Umar ibn Khattab in his Khilafah lots of conquests occurred so some of them said when we have a conquest and uh, victory Allah gives us victory then we seek forgiveness and we praise Allah that's what the surah says and some of them said we don't know and some of them didn't say anything they remained silent didn't have an answer then after they had given their answers then Umar ibn al-Khattab said to Ibn Abbas, what do you say? And Ibn Abbas was a youngster compared to all of the senior companions who were there. Ibn Abbas said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, Oh, leader of the believers, He said the tafsir of these ayat is the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ that Allah was telling him about. Remember we said that the meaning was when you see these signs, the conquest and the people entering into Islam, it's a sign that your time is coming to an end. Ibn Abbas gave that tafsir. He said this is a sign from Allah that the time of the messenger was coming to an end. And that Allah was informing him, informing his messenger of that, that your time is coming to an end. So when Allah said when the victory or the aid and the conquering of Mecca occurs, then that is one of the signs. And you see the people entering into the religion in large groups, then that is another sign. فَقَالَ عُمَرْ وَاللَّهِ مَا أَعْلَمُ مِنْهَا إِلَّا مَا تَعْلَمُ Umar رضي الله عنه then said to Ibn Abbas, By Allah, I do not know anything other than what you have just said. That tafsir is the correct one. So from all of those companions, the senior companions, the youngster at the time, Ibn Abbas got it right. And that's why Umar was highlighting to them, this is the reason why I allow him to come and enter amongst the, uh, the senior companions. So then the virtue of Ibn Abbas and his distinction became known. And that he has a, a certain level of astuteness and understanding and acumen in regards to what Allah intended and the tafsir of the ayat. وَأَتْقَاهُمْ لِلَّهِ جَعَلَ يُكْفِرْ أَنْ يَقُولِ فِي رُكُوعِهِ وَسُجُودِهِ So then when this surah was revealed, the messenger وسلم, who was the greatest of all of the servants uh, in his worship, he was the greatest of all of the servants in his worship to Allah, and he was the most pious and fearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
But upon the revelation of this chapter, then it is noted how in his sujood and in his ruku' he began to make dua a lot, saying, Subhanaka Allahumma Rabbana wa bihamdika Allahumma ghfirli. That this dua, he began saying it often. Often he started to seek forgiveness from Allah. Because Allah had said, وَاسْتَغْفِرْ And Allah had said, فَسَبِّحْ So that's exactly what he started doing in the ruku' and in the sujood. That he would do the tasbih of Allah. And he would make istighfar. And that's noted how he did this a lot then, after this particular chapter of the Qur'an was revealed. So that is the chapter, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ 